Romans, the fifth chapter. Romans, the fifth chapter. Uh, we're going to be staying in verses one and two for probably a couple more Sundays. But so let us read verses one and two, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Let's pray once again. Heavenly Father, as we come to Your Word, I pray that just by the power of Your Spirit and by the truth of Your Word, that You would come and teach us. Teach us more of who we are. For for the believers that would be listening, help us to know for sure without a shadow of a doubt that we are Yours that we have identity in Christ, that we have peace with You, God. And Lord, should there be an unbeliever that would be listening to the sermon, Lord, I pray again, by Your Spirit, by the truth of Your Word, that You would shine light into a dark place and perform a miracle that can only be wrought by You that miracle of reconciliation and grace, mercy. So help us, Father, to learn from You. Guard my heart, guard my tongue. Word of God speak, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. And I know I've been saying this quite often over the last few weeks, but for the truly born again, For those who have been justified by faith through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. As we've talked about that over the last few weeks, that that is our identity now through Christ before God. We're at peace. We're no longer an enemy, no longer a stranger far from the covenant of promise. We have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And we are now in a peace relationship with God. That's who we are. And what can sever that relationship? Nothing. Nothing. It is a gift of God. And we are being kept by the power of God. And there is absolutely nothing that can snatch us, pluck us out of His hand. Nothing. We are of those who are Saved. Saved from what? Saved from wrath. Uh, in Romans 5, 9, much more than having now been justified by His blood, by the blood of Christ, we shall be saved. Who shall be saved? Who's the we? The born again, the children of God, those who have been justified, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Does that mean we're perfect here on this earth, that we always do everything as we should? No. Does it mean that? We can be disobedient children, but we are still children. 
And He will not leave us out there in disobedience long. He will come for us. He will discipline us. He will bring us back into the fold. We have been made joint heirs with Christ. No longer enemies. We've been adopted as sons and daughters of God the Father. We have fellowship with Him knowing that our eternal destiny, destination is secure in Christ. Every born-again believer, truly born again, has this peace relationship with God. And then last week, uh, we, we talked about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. While we're here on this earth, we are at peace in our identity, in our salvation with God. But while yet on this earth, things will come that will try to rob us of our peace. Trials, tribulations. And in Christ, if we look to Him and trust in Him, looking to Him, He has given us a promise that He will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that's a great promise as we're looking to Him. And we can have peace even on earth as we live. And I hope that came across okay. I talked about that at great length last Sunday. Uh, uh, go back and listen to it. And I, I know I talked about that much more then. And so we have been uh, brought near. We are at peace with Him. We're being kept by the power of God. We have an assurance and a confidence of our salvation for those who have been born again in Christ Jesus. Uh, let's, let's go back. and I want to read that Romans 5, 1 or 2 one more time. Therefore, that, that having been justified by faith, and again, where does faith come from? came from God. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. By grace we are saved. By, by this gift of God, by this irrevocable act of God, we are saved by faith. Therefore, having been saved by, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also, through whom, who's the whom? Well, that's our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now today, <laughs> I'm going to focus on one word. And that's access. That we could come to grips with who we are in Christ. Because this has captured my thoughts over the last few days. One writer put it this way. We have access. That's a monumental word. That's a staggering word. That's a shocking word. It's an infinitely wonderful word to have access to God, to have access into grace. Because consider this. How would this sound to a Jew back in the day? You have access to God. Well, what would they have said? No, we don't. Nuh-uh. No, we don't. You see, for, for the Jew, the idea of having direct access to God was unthinkable. 
you know, from, from the time of the tabernacle until the time that the temple was built, there were strict rules put in place, wasn't there? You know, the, the Gentile couldn't get close at all, hardly. There was a court of Gentiles. This was outer courts. The, the, the women, even the Jewish women, didn't have it much better. They, they were just a bit closer than the Gentiles in, in the court of women. The, the priests, through much purification and making sure they were dressed just right, could get a little closer. And it was only one day a year. Yom Kippur. You, you hear that word. That's the Day of Atonement. On the Day of Atonement, what happened? The high priest, after again much purification, to, to the point of, it is said, they in, in his robe, they would put bells and before he'd go in, they would tie ropes or something to his feet, his ankles. That when he would go in, if he would go in in an unworthy manner, he would be struck down by God. Was there people that had been struck down by God? By uh, those who touched the ark or those who did things that were inappropriate? Yes, they were. And it is said, if they no longer heard the bells ringing, if they no longer knew anything, they, they didn't want a dead body to desecrate the Holy of Holies. And they could pull the body out. That, that's how serious this was. To come before most holy God in an unworthy, unprepared manner. And it was only that once a year that that priest could go into the Holy of Holies and offer the blood sacrifice for the sins of the people for that year. There was no personal access to God, but Christ's death upon the cross changed all that. Amen? Christ's death upon the cross changed all that. Hebrews 9, verses 11 and 12. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with His own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And I know I've talked about this often, but in particular when we have Communion Sunday. Just the picture of here Christ, the great high priest, would go in, and offer Himself upon the mercy seat. Offer His own blood upon the mercy seat. Jesus came, the great high priest, in Hebrews 10, verses 8 through 14. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then He said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, he takes away the first that he may establish the second. Let me pause and always know that's take away the old covenant. Now a new covenant, what did Christ say? A new covenant in my blood takes away the first to establish the second. By that will, what will? The will of God. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for 
all and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, this Jesus, this Redeemer, this Savior, (laughs) this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool for by one offering he was perfected forever. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So he praise his holy name. Once. Not to be repeated. Once. And what happened? the veil of the temple when Christ offered Himself up from top to bottom by the hand of God, by the power of God, the veil torn. That's Matthew 27, verses 50 and 51. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up His Spirit. He gave, up, he gave Himself up. Then, behold, The veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom by the hand of God. You see, the barrier to God's holy presence that the veil represented was removed. And now there is access through Christ. In Christ and through Christ, we can now have access to God. Having been justified by grace through faith, we have Access. And I hope that hits you like it has been hitting me. The glorious thought of that. Is there ever a time that as a born again believer that we can't come before God? Never. He is in us. He is with us. He is near. Hebrews 10 verses 19 through 23. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest. See, now, you you understand. We can have boldness and confidence. We can enter into the holy of holies, into the presence of God, which was strictly prohibited except for that once a year by the high priest. We have access. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which He, which Christ, consecrated for us through the veil, that is His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. You have access, child of God. You have access. Draw near to Him. And we've been given a promise in the book of James, haven't we? If we draw near to Him, He will do what? What's the promise? He will draw near to us. Let us draw near with a true heart, a full assurance of faith. Having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For He who promised is faithful. And I know this is another thing that I I repeat so often from the pulpit. Let us hold fast. Let us stand firm without wavering at the promises of God. Because we know this. He is a God who cannot lie. He is faithful. His word is true. Never 
May I never waver at a promise of God. But rather hold fast the confession of my hope because I know He who promised is faithful. Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Having boldness to enter in. You know the verses from Hebrews 4. Let's go read those. uh, Verses 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. And who is it? It tells us, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore do what? Come boldly. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, There's times in times of my life, and I'm sure there was times in your life when I've done just the opposite. I have ran to no telling what else to try to find answers instead of boldly coming before the throne of grace. Martin Lloyd-Jones said it this way, quote, There was a time when we were in sin, when we had no right to entry into the presence of God. We had no access. We could not come into His presence. But now, Paul says, as the result of this justification by faith, And through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have access. We have introduction to God. Nothing is more wonderful. What our Lord Jesus Christ does is introduce us to God. We could not go to Him, to God, as we are. We are sinful and vile and polluted. Our very righteousness is as is but as filthy rags, says the Scriptures. We have nothing to commend ourselves. We have no right of our own to ask to be allowed to enter in. But here comes one who has a right of access and entry himself, who having dealt with our sins can take us and present us to God the Father. He introduces us. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who does it all, by whom also this this peace that we have is through Him. And this introduction, this access is also entirely and only in Him. He clothes us with His righteousness. He takes us by the hand. He is the great high priest who is at God's right hand. He is our advocate. End quote. You get the picture It's as though Jesus takes us by the hand and takes us before God the Father. This one I died for. This one. This one has trusted in me, has received me. You get a glimpse of how wonderful that thought is we have access. That, that word 
in the Greek that, that's used there in Romans 5.2 is only used two other times in Scripture. And they're in the writings of Paul. And perhaps you would guess they would be in the book of Ephesians. Only three times it's used. Romans 5.2. Now let's go into Ephesians 2. We're going to read 17-22. through 22. And He and Jesus came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Let me pause. Both Jew and Gentile, both now all have access by one Spirit, one way, through Christ. No other way. There's no special deal for the Jew in regard to salvation. You understand that? There's no special deal for a Mormon, a Catholic, or anybody else. There's no special deals. There's only one way. Christ and Him crucified and faith granted by grace from God. And He came and Jesus came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Now, therefore... You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. It's Christ. It's Him crucified. It's Him being the Prince of Peace. Of Him coming to reconcile us back to God. Ephesians 3. I'm going to read 8-12. through 12. This is Paul. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints. Can, can you imagine the Apostle Paul saying such a thing? But I am firmly in belief that that's a position that every teacher, that every preacher, everyone should be in proclaiming the Lord. Because I have nothing to boast in of myself. Absolutely nothing. But I boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. If we would ever come to a place yeah, I'm worthy. I'm worthy to get up there. I'm worthy to do this. I'm worthy. I'm worthy. Well, if the underlying thought of the, in the midst of that is, I'm worthy because He has made me worthy, then perhaps. Because, because that's the thoughts when the communion table is here. I'm not worthy to come to that table. But because He has washed me clean, has washed my sins away by His blood. He has made we 
me worthy that I can come and do as He has asked me to do to receive and give witness of what He has done for me. Does that all make sense? Any worth any of us have as a child of God is because of the worth He gives us. And that alone. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of God, of Christ. <laughs> Let me pause there again. See, that that's... Uh, I, I've... I get the sense at times that it's, it's kind of me. I'm trying to present the unsearchable riches of God. I'm trying to present to a congregation the, the truth that He's been showing me. And, and I just pray, Lord, light a fire. Lord, help them to see what, what, what this means and what this can be in their lives and how they live and how they act and how they react and how they respond to circumstances of life to come to grips with knowing who they are. The unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Let me pause there for a minute. Are, are we such a church that the powers and the principalities of, of this world know, know what we're about? That we're about Christ. We're about presenting truth. And we're about daily, as best we can, by the strength of Him, by the Spirit and by His Word, live for Him. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. Boldness, access, confidence. I'll just ask, is that you? Is it me? See, do I trust God that He is sovereign over all the affairs of this earth? Over all of His creation. Is this a picture of my faith? Boldness, access, and confidence. Is this the defining attributes of my faith? Do I live my life with boldness and confidence that regardless of what comes my way, I will trust Him that ultimately it is for my good and for His glory. He is working all things together for what? For good. To those who are in Christ Jesus. Does my life, my words, my actions, my reactions exhibit that I truly know who I am in Christ, that I am a child of God, that I have access to the throne of grace? Do I bring everything 
to the Lord in prayer. Do you? It's an old hymn. Tidelo, it's what a friend. What a friend. So we bring it to the Lord in prayer. Because Jesus is our advocate to the Father, is He not? It is through Him that we have access. What a friend we have in Jesus. You see, He is a friend who sticketh closer than a brother. He's a friend. He's a friend. All our sins and griefs to bear. What? A privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Now listen to this lyric. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what Needless pain we bear All because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer Let, let, let me see the second verse See if that's Just look at the lyric is there trials and temptations? Answer, yes. Is there trouble anywhere and everywhere? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel the world is broken? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we should never be discouraged. See, there, there's a key, isn't it? Don't be discouraged. God is on the throne. And if we're in Christ and we have access to the throne of grace to come boldly and with confidence to the throne of grace even in the midst of whatever, take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share? No, we can't. There is none like him. None like him. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Child of God, we have access to God. Access to the throne of grace that we might find help in time of need. Grace to help in time of need. All because of our Lord Jesus Christ. All because of the cross of Jesus Christ. All because of what Christ has done on our behalf. We have access. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks. Give you thanks that one day, in the fullness of time, you sent forth your Son to come to this earth that he created to be a sacrifice for us. Thank you, Father that You have provided a way through Christ that we might be able to come before Your presence, that we might be able to stand one day before You, not in any 
boasting, not in any righteousness of our own, but to just humbly stand before you, clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So Father, for that great and wonderful gift of salvation, we give thanks. And Lord, should should there be anyone who is listening, who is yet lost, I, I pray that you would help them to understand that they have no access apart from Christ. And Lord, I know there's many, I've talked to many who are just as lost as lost can be, and they will say, well, I talk to God, I pray all the time. But we know they have no access. They are simply praying to God of their own creation, a God who will look over their sin, a God who will, just be pleased with whatever they may do or say or how they live. But Father, I pray that, that you might show the one who is lost the way. Lord, open their eyes to see your holiness, your righteousness. And in seeing a glimpse of you and your holiness and righteousness, that their sin would be blatantly revealed. And Lord, then as you show them the rescue, that those sins can be forgiven through Christ, through the blood of the cross. And Father, just by your grace and mercy, grant them faith that they may believe Believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. That they might receive Christ. That they, they might repent of their sins. That they, they, they might uh, receive Christ and, and, and follow Him the rest of their days. And so Lord, for, for those who are saved, <laughs> help me, help us all to live like it with boldness and confidence that as others would see us, they, they would marvel at how we could have a confidence in times of trouble, that we could have boldness when opposition and persecution might come, that, that they would marvel to see us being able to speak the truth in love and not in anger and reviling. Lord, help us all to be a light into this world, to shine not of herself, but as a reflection of Christ. So help us, Lord. We need you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.